if there's a dream and and if it's practical and reasonable enough, be bold and follow it and don't don't fear don't fear the obstacles that might come from it. Hi, I'm Sean Perrin, and you're listening to episode 88 of the Clarinet Podcast, the show where I discuss all that's new and neat with clarinet with the neatest people in the industry. Speaking of neat things, I'd like to invite you to join me in the new Clarinet Book Club. Head to clarinet.com books to check out this month's new edition, which is The Inner Game of Music by Barry Green. It's something I've been wanting to read for a really long time and, and you know, it was actually suggested to me about 15 years ago by my professor in university and it's just been on the back burner ever since then. So I'm actually reading The Inner Game of Tennis and The Inner Game of Music to prepare for this uh, sort of uh, book club conversation and I'm hoping to actually get the author of the book on the show. So head to clarinet.com slash books, pick up your copy of this month's read. And if you head to the Facebook community, which is simply search Clarinet Community on Facebook, you'll be able to vote on next month's book. So there's three in there. There's Alex Ross, The Rest is Noise, Jordan Peterson, 12 Rules for Life, and Janet Horvath, Playing Less Hurt. So I'm trying to pick books that are in some way at least tangentially related to music. And uh, I feel like those three cover it this month. The Rest of Noise is, The Rest is Noise is kind of a book about, uh, um, contemporary music and how to listen to it and how to appreciate it. Jordan Peterson, 12 Rules for Life is all over the news and it's something that is about basically just improving the way that you live and trying to get more from yourself, which I uh, definitely think applies to musicians. If uh, the inner game of tennis does, then surely this does as well. Um, and the last book, Janet Horvath, Playing Less Hurt, this one is actually about injury prevention. And so I think that might be one I sort of mandate as future reading. But uh, I'd like to put these votes up every month and have people select the books that are most meaningful to them. And if you'd like to directly influence that vote, like I said, join the Facebook community by searching Clarinet Community. Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you in part by D'Addario Woodwinds and their new weekly trivia show called Don't Blow It. You can check this out every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the D'Addario Woodwinds Instagram channel. You'll get a chance to win the gear of your dreams and you can show it off to the entire orchestra. And while you're at it, don't forget to check out D'Addario's new line of reserve clarinet reeds. These are now available not only for B-flat clarinet, but for E-flat clarinet and bass clarinet. The Reserve is a traditional blank clarinet reed that offers a focused sound, a shorter vamp for even response, rounded tip corners for tonal warmth, and a standard tip thickness for quick response. If you'd prefer a thicker blank option, there's also the Reserve Classic to check out. These are available in strengths 2 to 4.5, with special 3.5 plus and 4 plus strengths available. You can pick up a box of D'Addario Reserve reeds at your local music store, or you can head to clarinet.com slash reeds to buy a box on Amazon right now. Try Amazon Prime and get them shipped to your doorstep for free. Again, that's clarinet.com slash reeds. Today's podcast episode is also brought to you by our backers on Patreon. Patreon backers get access to the gold edition of the Clarinet podcast that gives you a custom feed that's not only ad-free, but also presented in high-resolution audio, sometimes some bonus episodes, and sometimes even extended endings. If you'd like to get access to these special perks and support the production of the podcast at the same time, head to clarinet.com gold. On today's episode of the show, I've got one more set of listener lightning rounds for everybody, and I know there was three of these in a row a while ago, I felt like that was maybe enough to release back to back, so took a little break, and uh, now there's going to be this episode, and then a couple more, maybe in the future, a couple weeks from now, um, also featuring the new Clarinet production team, who I'm going to be introducing live on the podcast. So today I'm going to start with Josh Ung, who is not only a Patreon supporter of the show, but also a very avid listener, and he lives all the way in Australia. 
What do you do? Tell me a little bit about yourself. What do you do as a clarinetist? Um, actually, I am now doing music outside uni. I just changed my degree, mm. rather because the, the the course didn't fit me pretty w- quite well. But with that being said, I am still very, I'm still wishing to do a music degree um, sometime sometime in my life. I primarily do 50-50 B-flat clarinet and bass clarinet um, as a student. So if I were to walk over to your music stand right now, what would I find on it? Um, no, I actually got my music stand right beside me here, which, and I'm, and I'm looking at Shostakovich number seven, the, the excerpts from uh, Michael Drapkin's book. And also, and also behind it is actually number eight as well. <laughs> Are you playing a, a concert with this upcoming or? No, no, I am. I am just doing it just for saving it to the future. Absolutely. Just studying for fun. That's good. That's good. What piece of music or album changed your life indefinitely? Was it Shostakovich? No, actually, it, um, the first, I think the seed of, of my music career was Mahler's Symphony Number no. 6. Um, I first listened to it, I kind of almost moved, I was quite moved by the whole theme of that piece. And eventually I, I was, I was listening deep. Um, in detail, and I found the bass clarinet. That's how the whole bass clarinet thing came up. Wow, yeah, interesting. And is that um, what, do you love all of Mahler's work, or just the Sixth Symphony? Um, most. Um, I can say almost every of them. Even the even like Derek Cook's the, the version of Derek Cook's version of Tenth. Mm, yeah, I love Mahler too for some reasons. <laughs> it's a great symphony. So two, two, four, six. Yeah, I, I like them all. Absolutely. If you could play any other instrument than the clarinet, which would it be and why? There, there will be two of, of them, um, either two, one, one of these. The first would, would probably percussion because I, I, I do have a, an interest in percussion, particularly timpani and a few, a few of those membraphones or, or in the other words, drums. So I, I got... I actually, at one point, I was very, I was very into it. I bought a bunch of mallets for it as well. And second, I, if the other instrument would be the trombone family or the low brass family, because I actually tried the trombone before, um, which I actually, actually, I got along. I didn't, go, not maybe not as good as a clarinet, but I got, I got pretty decent with it. It's interesting because I um I can definitely understand your draw to percussion since that's my secondary instrument. So so good choices. You're the first person to say percussion. Yeah, I actually study with I actually know a ton of percussion work um international percussion stars out there. Um, my first the first percussion guy and the first um, worst class musician I ever met is actually David was actually David Herbert from who was in the San Francisco symphony as a timpanist. Now he's gone to Chicago symphony now. Oh, wow. Very interesting. If we could go back in time to any period in history, uh, to meet any musical person, who would it be and why? There are two, again, there will be two because first, if I go back to go back to the 19th century, the early 20th century, it would be Mahler because, um, I want, I want to actually thank him for, um, being the catalyst of the whole music career that I, I, I brewed out. Oh, that's very nice. I like that. Who else? And 
and also and the other person would be some would be a few years ago um if i could ever if I actually harry himself harry spana himself because he's also one of the guys i i i really i really liked godfather of the bass clarinet yeah absolutely yeah and, and although we don't we we can't we can't men- not to mention joseph horak as well while we're back in time what advice would you give to your younger self if there's a dream and and if it's practical and reasonable enough be bold and follow it and don't don't fear don't fear the obstacles that might come from it i mean it ha- because it happens oh i love that very insightful actually this is the advice this is the advice i give myself every day yeah that's great advice to live by where, and where do you hear that from no uh, it's 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 my it's i i guess i i kind of conglomerate the whole thing for my lot for my entire life so you'll go far thinking like that and also and also i was reading mike lowenstern's um quotes about of harry as well <laughs> so there's a bit of that in there as well oh did he put up a post i didn't see that i'll have to check that out um, uh, Mike, Mike, Mike actually wrote some quotes of Harry Spanai in uh, along the, the the contemporary music, um, like the Isang Yun Yun um she music, and he's, he's like a, a, a kind of quirky but really wise quotes, which was actually which I actually shared on my Facebook page as well. If you want to check it, I will check it out. I believe that Michael also studied with Harry. Yes, he did. While we're kind of talking about advice, what was the best advice you have ever received and who gave it to you? Probably, probably particularly Jay Laurie Bloom for the Chicago Symphony mm. said there, he said there are times that a musician doesn't want to practice. And that's, and I don't know if he said this last part, but that's okay. I mean, it happens like there's sometimes when you want, you want to stop. This is something you want to start. I mean, and of course, there's also this advice. My te- my former clarinet te- bass clarinet teacher, um, Mike Campbell of the Hong Kong Philharmonic, gave me, which is it's very simple. Two words: it happens. Yeah, yeah. Way it goes. And he also he and just a interesting fact. If do you know who Stephen Magzim is? Uh, it sounds familiar. He's he was the principal bassoonist of the Metropolitan Opera. Um. My uh, Mike Campbell, my former teacher, actually studied under him when he was when he was doing bassoon. Later, he switched to bass clarinet when he came to Hong Kong Philharmonic. Philharmonic. So I kind of, I kind of have the title of the grand. I'm the grand student of Stephen Maxim. <laughs> well, that's very cool. What's a book that you'd recommend to the clarinet audience? Well, aside from etude books and all those um symphonic repertoire i probably came this is this this book i came across called feel the fear and do it anyway oh that's interesting i'll I'll link to that in the show notes for sure it's by susan jeffers so how many clarinets do you have that's the final question well i have i have five actually um oh wow well, well, the 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 one of them, two of them are actually plastic. Um, one is the the venerable Yamaha five two fifty, um, the plastic one. Everyone's got one of those kicking around somewhere. <laughs> 
And my second plastic horn is the Yamaha 221, the bass clarinet, which I played for more than six years now. And for my wooden clarinets, they're all buffet. Um, one E13, which I bought a, a, a long time ago. And then and then there's a, there's a buffet festival, which I believe you also have one, right? Festival, yes, yes. I've got one of those, yep. Had it since it was my first professional instrument. I had it when I was, uh, I don't know, 15 or something. Um, that's where I had it around 17. That's what I where I had. And last but not least, um, recently I bought secondhand, um, a buffet prestige low C. <laughs> Congratulations on that purchase. Um, just two, it's just two months ago. Awesome. Well, enjoy it. So it's really fantastic to have someone like yourself who's, you know, uh, it's sort of more the beginning of their career. Um, than some of, you know, I've, one of the things about the podcast is obviously talking to, um, you know, people who are well-established and quite a bit older. And it's just so great to connect with the, the younger audience. And, uh, I really do appreciate you listening and for your, and for your support. Is there anything else you'd like to share, um, on the podcast here before we go? Well, um, I'm, I actually have the most, the one thing that comes to mind is that I'm kind of doing some kind of cutting edge, um, or just innovative stuff, um, with bass clarinet particularly and bit of clarinet as well. Um, you, most of, most people might not be aware that the clarinet or bass clarinet can be used in a contemporary situations. I mean, let's say an acoustic, alongside acoustic guitar, but I, but I, and open mics, obviously, I have actually been done doing that for more than a year now. Um, just on Thursday, I was playing um, Benny King's "Stand by Me" the bass, the double, the string bass line on the bass clarinet for, <laughs> and I've been do I've been doing a few other songs on, um, during open mics, and I'm one of the guy, I'm one of the anomaly people guys who actually brings an exotic instrument up the stage, up the stage where everyone's playing guitars or. A few guys playing saxophones. How does the audience react to that? Um, they some they were they're actually pretty curious because um, it's an ex, it's just so exotic and not usual not usual. Although I know Catherine Mike Lowenstern, I mean Catherine um Catherine Ledown, Mike Lowenstern also had also had done a few things like this, but <laughs> usually not in an open mic. <laughs> Is there a place where people can check out what you're doing online? You have some videos up. Um, I usually do it on Instagram most of the time, but I I don't sh I don't I'm, I only show snippets of it rather than the whole thing because I never had the time. What's your Instagram handle? Um, it's called B flat. Read the B flat. The B is um spelled as the insect B. Oh, nice. And and last thing is that. I'm trying, I'm, I'm in the process of trying, because Adelaide is kind of like the Hobbiton of, the Hobbiton of the clarinet world, I call it, because it's kind of like the clarinets here that are not very aware of what is happening outside, outside of South Australia, Australia. It's, um, they kind of, I'm trying to get the information into South Australia as much as I can. Hmm. I also I also added one of my friends from South in South Australia to the Clarity group some months ago. Oh, excellent! Well, spread the word, and maybe sometime I'll get the chance to head out to Australia. My sister's family actually is from there. Well, great! Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Josh, and I, I wish you all the best. You too.
What a great uh, thing it is to connect with the listeners all over the world. Doing this lightning round series was actually one of my favorite things from the podcast so far, just reaching out and, and finding people in literally all corners of the earth who are not only listening to the show, but are, are uh, willing to come on and talk to me and, and share their stories. And I don't know about you listening, but I've actually found some of these short lightning rounds to be as compelling as the full-length interviews. And it's amazing how much um, any clarinetist, you know, their, their, their experience, their personal journey um, can influence somebody else. And, and just the little tidbits of little great quotes and stuff that come out are just really stellar parts of uh, getting to know someone. So thank you again, Josh, for coming on. Um, I really appreciate the, the fact that there's so many younger listeners to this show. I, I met when I was at a clarinet fest this past summer, a young girl with her family too, who, who said they were listening to the clarinet podcast all the way down. And, you know, they were really excited to meet me. And uh, I think they were even in the process of getting some shirts or something like that. But all three members of the family actually played clarinet. And I, I guess they play trios together. And I uh, thought that was such a great thing. So um, it is so great to talk to people sort of more at the beginning of their careers than, than uh, well-established players. I've really uh, enjoyed that a lot. So anyways, let's move on to the next listener lightning round. This is uh, Zachary Webster. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Where are you located? What do you do? Uh, I live in Macon, Georgia, in the United States, and uh, I'm a senior in high school. Uh, I plan to major in music uh, performance, um, and I've been playing clarinet for five years now. Wow. What's your favorite episode of the podcast been looking back? Oh, man. There's so many good ones. <laughs> <laughs> Um, probably the episode with, uh, Ricardo Morales. Yeah, that's been a popular one. I, I think that one might win episode of the year, actually. <laughs> oh, wow. People have been voting for it on Facebook. Um, if I were to walk over to your music stand right now, what would I find on it? Kreps. <laughs> ah, you're doing those etudes, eh? Um, the, the full book, um, or the one that, uh, Kristen Denny Chambers put out with, like, the, the preparing for the Kreps. Just the first book of Kreps. What piece of music or album changed your life indefinitely? Oh, that's a good one. Uh, probably uh, Copeland's Clarinet Concerto. Was there a particular recording? Martin Frost. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. It's a great one. Oh, yeah. If you could play any instrument other than the clarinet, which would it be and why? See, originally, I actually wanted to play trumpet, but I couldn't buzz. Oh, really? So I just went over to clarinet. Uh but either trumpet or piano, probably. It's so funny you say that because actually when I was in junior high school, the only instrument I could make a sound on was actually euphonium. <laughs> and uh, I came home from school and my, my mom, she said, you know, I, I gave her the list of instruments. I was like, I could make a sound on euphonium, um, but my friend plays clarinet, so I want to do clarinet or flute because we own one. My dad was like, you're not playing flute. And my mom was like, you're not playing euphonium because I don't even know what that is. So I, I ended up playing clarinet. <laughs> so, oh, interesting. <laughs> bit of a lucky break there. So, um, yeah, it's always interesting to hear why people picked an instrument or, or didn't. But you're still fond of the trumpet. You'd go back and play it, eh? Uh, yeah. If you could go back in time to meet any musical person, who would it be and why? Probably uh, Stamets. Because... Yeah, recently I've been talking to a viola player in the uh, youth orchestra that I'm in, and she's been kind of like freaking out over uh, not being able to find the, uh, what is it, the original cadenza for the viola concerto. 
because he never really wrote it down. <laughs> so I'd like to hear what his interpretation of it would be. Yeah, a lot of this stuff is lost to time, unfortunately. So this next question is generally meant for people who are a little older. It's, if we went back in time, what advice would you give your 21-year-old self? But, uh, hmm, how can we change that? <laughs> uh... Um, maybe, what advice would your current self probably want to pass on to your 21-year-old self? Because that's a couple years from now, right? Yeah. Um, I'd probably just say, uh, don't lose focus. Uh keep just keep on pushing through absolutely you have to listen back to this in a couple of years make sure you're staying true to that <laughs> <laughs> yep how many clarinets do you have let me see i have three right now three clarinets are they all b flats or is there an a or a bass in there yeah they're all they're all b flats all various versions do you play in a marching band or something or uh no i wish i could but <laughs> what are what are they um I have a, the horn that I started on, uh, and then I have a Yamaha YCL34, hmm. which I played on until I got my current clarinet, which is the R13. Wow. Awesome to have multiple instruments. That's great, especially at such a young age. I, uh, I remember, I think I had, well, I got my professional one in high school as well, but I, you know, it's weird. I sold my first clarinet, and I always regret that. I don't really know why, because <laughs> it was nothing special, but... I don't know. I guess looking back, it would have some sort of sentimental value. So, <laughs> yeah. So one more question I'm going to add into this today because we have time here. What was the best piece of advice that you've so far received and who gave it to you? Um, well, can I can I answer with multiple pieces of advice? Sure. Yeah. My uh, firstly, my teacher, uh, my clarinet teacher, Dr. Boya uh, Craigle. Um, whenever we were starting to work through the CREP studies, uh, I was I was really struggling with it. And she said, when you think it's your fingers, it's not. It's your air. Mm. Anything's wrong, it's your air. Keep pushing. Sounds like Brett Pimentel. Do you know his Twitter account that uh, it's called like Woodwind Tips or something? And every day it just tweets out something about breath support. <laughs> <laughs> I've not heard of that. <laughs> Definitely check it out. What was the second advice you got? Um... It's from my current band director, and he he really, I don't even know if it is considered like advice, but he just constantly uh, reminds um, me and, you know, everyone else in our program that everything we do, whether how big or small it is, has a huge impact on uh, our community. Mm. And that, you know, everyone should try and, you know, be the, the best that they can be. Yeah, it's true. Not to be like competitive, but be better than myself. Sort of like the butterfly effect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really good advice. I want to thank you so much for listening to the podcast and especially for coming on for this little lightning round thing here. I think this is going to be a lot of fun to listen back to these. And I definitely want to wish you all the success possible in your career going forward. I think that's one of the cool things about this sort of mini lightning round thing is we're going to get to talk to some people um, almost in reverse, like your whole career is ahead of you. And, um, yep. I think it's really cool to have the chance to speak to someone like yourself before you've even entered into college. So, so thanks so much for talking to me today. Thanks for listening. And, uh, is there anything else you'd like to share with the Clarinet audience before we wrap up? Um, practice. <laughs> practice. <laughs> okay. All right. Thanks so much, Zachary. Thank you. <laughs> 
So although I talked to Zachary way back in uh, December, we are finally airing this now, and uh, it turns out that that's some really good summer advice. So all you other students out there, maybe if you're listening to the podcast, uh, after this, maybe head off and do 30 minutes of practice today or an hour or whatever your teacher suggests. Um, and, you know, if you're looking for a way to stay motivated to practice over the summer, I know that used to always be sort of a tricky thing for me. You know, you get kind of lazy and uh, you don't let that happen for too long because you really do start to lose your technique. I had a, a teacher in marching band who used to say that for every day you don't practice, it takes two to make up for it. And uh, you know what? He's probably right. But thing about that is if it, you know if you take a week off all of a sudden you're really starting to add up the days that you're gonna need back in the future so always try to play a little bit every day but uh anyways what i was gonna say is if you're looking for a way to stay motivated and be a bit social about your practicing uh jenny mcclay is putting on a Krepsch boot camp this summer or june 2018 i guess that's the next month and um it's happening on her facebook page which you can search jenny clarinet on facebook uh, she'll probably put something up on her website too, which is jennyclarinet.com. Um, I might try to have her back on the podcast because I did have her on to talk about her original boot camp, which was the Behrman boot camp a few months ago. It'd be good to sort of, I don't know, touch base, see how that went and maybe talk about this one. And, and uh, so Jenny, if you're listening, send me an email. Let's uh, let's do this. Let's talk about the Krepsch boot camp and uh, what you've been up to since since last time we chatted. So. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. I did want to say that the lightning round episodes were really successful and there's been some requests for more guests to come on and, and talk to me or listeners, I guess, to come on and talk to me. Um, I am excited by the idea, but I'm going to give it a few months break just because we did have so many of these back to back. So maybe you're on the fall sometime watching the Facebook community. Again, you can just search Clarinet community on Facebook and I'll be putting out maybe another call for some more interviews like this. Um, I think we did about, oh man, six or eight or maybe even 10 of them here. And uh, it was great, but it's it's a lot to record, a lot to edit. And um, so also the lightning round is going to be changing in the future, coming up for some of the different guests here. I thought it was time to sort of mix things up again and try and get maybe some more compelling answers. Um, I found that some of the questions weren't working as well with all the guests. And and if the guest is not a clarinet player, a question like how many clarinets do you own is has not really turned out so well. So I'm going to change it up a little bit. Um, a lot of people voted on this poll. I was really surprised. But by far, like we're talking by 30 people, um, the top voted question that I posted was, what is something that you do every day that you feel contributes most to your success? Uh, and next one was, what is your favorite clarinet accessory? Another one was, if you could redo any aspect of your musical career, which would it be and why? So I've posted about 10 or 12 new options for... Uh, lightning round questions. I'm going to leave this open for a little while longer if you want to get in there and vote on what you would love to hear me ask guests or if you want to add your own, uh, you can do that as well. So again, that's in the Clarinet community. The Clarinet podcast is brought to you in part by Dario Woodwinds and their new weekly trivia show called Don't Blow It. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at the Dario Woodwinds Instagram channel. You'll have a chance to win the gear of your dreams and you can show it off to the entire orchestra. Also, don't forget to pick up a box of reserve reads and give them a try. You can do this at your local music store or by heading to clarineat.com reads. If you'd like to listen to an ad-free version of this podcast episode, future podcast episodes, and have a chance to submit listener questions and more, head to clarineat.com gold. You can start listening to the gold edition of the show every week for as little as $1 per month. Start now at clarineat.com gold. I'm your host, Sean Perrin. I'm coming to you from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. We're finally having some hot summer weather, and it's uh, definitely not time to go outside with your wooden instruments. So make sure you're humidifying. Don't let them get 
too hot in that summer sun, maybe practice inside over the next few weeks while it's going to be really hot. So thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you next time on the Clarinet Podcast for more of what's new and neat for clarinet with the neatest people in the industry.